Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Find an extra where well, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis will be discussing all the latest from the world of combat sports. This week, we're going to be reflecting on Saturday's, Saturday night's boxer card in Newcastle, which saw wins for Savannah Marshall, Chris Eubank Jr. and Huey Fury. We'll be hearing from Savannah Marshall, who will now fight on the same card as Clarissa Shields in December as they build up to what we hope will be a big money showdown uh, sometime in 2022. We'll also be hearing from Chris Eubank Jr., who has his sights set on bigger and better things after making light work of Wanek Ardijan. And with the dust now settled in the heavyweight division following two epic fights, we'll map out how the division will look in the next six months. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. to hear what Clarissa said to you because she was on the screen and they put a headphone headset on you. What did she say? She went, I'm giving up the gold title because it belongs to Savannah. Now Deanne as we tick up towards halfway as he marches back towards the corner and he has a little word with his trainer there Spencer, a little word with the trainer as he begins to take the stool, a little bit of a shake of the head. I'm not sure he wants too much more. No, I think he may pull out on this one, Andy. Um, a bit of an anti-climax, I felt like I was just kind of getting into the swing of things, working the guy out. Fernando Villarreal and Carla Caiz both scored about 97 to 93 for your winner by majority decision. El orgullo de Barcelona, Catalonia, España, Sando Martín. Yeah, that was a big upset in Fresno on the weekend. Um, it's almost gone under the radar a bit because of what happened ringside between Devin Haney and Teofimo Lopez. But we'll touch on that in a few minutes. But congratulations to Sandor Martin. Huge, huge win over the four weight. Uh, world champion Mikey Garcia. Uh, we're going to kick things off, though. We're talking about Savannah Marshall and that card in Newcastle 
on the weekend. As I said at the top, big wins for Huey Fury. I say big win. Win for Huey Fury. Win for Chrissy Bain Jr. Win for Savannah Marshall as well. Let's welcome in the great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, uh, tops on, yeah? We, I, I am talking to you fully clothed right now. <laughs> Don't. I'm fully clothed. I've, I've had my dressing down. I've had my dressing down for it as well. I think I was just uh, celebrating the weight loss and the fact I'd been shirtless in uh, in Las Vegas for a couple of days. But uh, the, sh the shirt is firmly on again. It's far too cold for me to be going around with my shirt undone. Yeah. No more. No, no more, more indeed. Uh, you've been a busy man, <laughs> Gareth, in the last um, couple of months. And I think this is the first show me and you've done, actually. I've been away. You've been away for the last... Uh, three weeks, but you've obviously been covering some big cards in America. You covered the card on the weekend as well. I was going to touch you, or sorry, touch on that card. Touch um, me, baby, touch yeah, me. I was waiting for that. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Gareth would never miss the slip of the tongue there. Um, this is Sky's second event now with Boxer and, and Wasserman. What would you make of the event so far? Well, it was fantastic to be there on Saturday night, frankly. You know, I'd just been at one of the biggest fights that we've ever witnessed with uh, Tyson Fury and Jontae Wilder's trilogy fight, Addy. And the atmosphere up there was extraordinary. Newcastle is an amazing fight town. They, they always come out to support uh, boxers there, MMA guys. You know, I've been up there in the past for the likes of Joe Calzaghe when he fought Robin Reed and uh, Amir Khan against Dimitri Salita. Lewis Ritson's a big star up there, of course, with his local crowd. He wasn't on the card mm. on Saturday night. Um but, you know, there were 11,000 people there at the Utilita Arena, um, and they really came out for Savannah Marshall. I mean, the atmosphere was tremendous. Chris Eubank was against a guy in, in, in Wannick, um, uh, the, the Armenian based in Germany, who, um, you know, put up a decent fight for five rounds. And, and ditto with Huey Fury, who, who was more aggressive, which we wanted to see, yeah. against Christian Hammer. And then Savannah Marshall, you know, really... Kind of a, a, an amazing night against Lolita Museo of Zambia, who really brought it from the opening bell. It was like Hagler Hearns for, mm. for nigh on four minutes. And uh, Marshall looked really good, and she's going to have to get used to that because Clarissa Shields is pursuing her now. They're building that big fight, as, as we mentioned earlier uh, in the package there, that they could well meet um, early next year or, or, or in the first third of next year, and they'll be on the same card on December the 11th. We don't know where that is yet. I expect it'll be up north again because Savannah's <laughs> got so much support. I mean, I remember Savannah, you know, when I, I, I talked to you about the app, the atmosphere was amazing. Mm. Um, and the card was, was, was in, interesting and, and they're building, aren't they? And I think what was self-evident was that Savannah Marshall is a star to be born. Yes. She's been around a long time. I knew her as a teenager when she was boxing in the Olympics, when she was world amateur champion. Um, she was a very young woman at London 2012. She didn't come through there. Obviously, she lost to Marina Vol Volnova in the London 2012 Olympics and went, went into the tournament, that inaugural amazing tournament for women at the Olympics um, as the world number one. And Clarissa went on to win gold, as she did in, in, in Rio as well. So um, she's a very formidable woman, Clarissa, as is Savannah. And, but she's come out of herself more. I was interviewing her for Talk Sport, you know, on the, on the big walkout stage. And she, like the crowd were there in rapture. And I, I walked to the top of the stage with her and I said, look at this. Mm. And she said, I know, I just want to go back and do my, my medicals and my drug tests and this, that and the other, my PETA. So, you know, I think she's got to realize that there is a following for her. Yeah. People want to see her. You know, this is a young girl, uh, aged 11, who one, walked into a gym in Hartlepool, which is the only girl in the gym. 
she's been on the whole kind of um, journey, if you like, Addie, with, with the growth of women's boxing from the very beginning, because it's from 2012 it's really grown. And, and we have a genuine super fight on our hands. They both need to win on December the 11th. And, and they're building, you know, and, and it, ditto Chris Eubank, who potentially could be fighting around the same period against Liam Williams, which is another terrific matchup. Mm. So, um, no, it was a great night. It's always great to be live at an event for Talk Sports. Always great fun. Yeah, I'm so happy you mentioned about Savannah coming out of her shell. She, she's now talking a lot more, isn't she? She seems a lot more comfortable on camera as well. And you're right, she's going to have to get used to this because she is becoming a big star, a, a real big star. Um, you think of someone like Katie Taylor, who's obviously been the flag bearer for, for female boxing in this country or maybe over the world. And you know, Katie's probably got maybe one, two years left. Savannah is just kind of starting her professional career, really. I know she's been boxing a while now, 10 fights, but she's really just kicked off to another level. So she's going to have to be used to, you know, Mike's being shoved down her face and asking for her opinion. And, and I, I love the build-up between her and Clarissa. I think it's going to be um, a good one. Uh, Eubank Jr., um, look, I was just happy to see him in the ring. It's been a tough few months for Eubank Jr. Obviously, uh, his brother Sebastian passing away and you yeah. couldn't, you know, he could have easily said, okay, Eubank's going to sit out the rest of the year. But, you know, he wants to fight. He now looks like he will fight Liam Williams, which is, as you said, a crack and scrap. Uh, we love the domestic dust-ups, don't we? Uh, December 11th. That's going to be a good one between Liam Williams and Eubank Jr. Just because, if I'm honest with you, Gareth, I don't know if Eubank Jr. is sort of world, world level yet. Like, you know, that like world championship elite level. And I think Liam Williams is just below that as well. So for me, it's almost two guys that might just be at the same stages of their career. Well, I mean, Liam Williams obviously fought for the world title. He fought mm. Bubu Andrade in America and he's been around a while. The two fights with Liam Smith, we know what he does. Mm. Um, he brings it, you know, he brings it. He's a warrior and it's a, it's a perfect style because he'll put pressure on Chris Eubank Jr. and make him fight because he's in transition in his style with Roy Jones Jr. And you see, you see him putting his two hands up, making the shapes. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and he's still a little bit caught between two styles. He was patient against Manik Awajan on, on Saturday night, Wanikat Awajan. Um, just to go back to Claressa Shields for a moment as well, I thought what they did very smartly on Saturday night was had Claressa Shields on a Zoom call yeah. or on a, on a video link. Um, that's I like that kind of thing where we, we did get a bit of smack talk from the two girls afterwards. And that's the kind of building that we need to do. And she was on, and she's a great character. She's got an MMA fight coming up in a week's time as well. Is that risky? Uh, her, is that risky? No, not at all. No, no okay. it, I think it's good for her. I mean, I think keeps her active. It, it keeps her interested. She's already a three-weight world champion. She's an extraordinary character, the quote, as she calls herself, the greatest woman of all time. And it's a title that, that Savannah can pursue as well. And I, I liked that. Uh, development, Like you say, Chris Eubank Jr., what level is he? We don't know. He's got all the qualities to be a box office star. They want to build him as one of the big names with Boxer now mm. um, on the Sky platform. And I think it's a great move. I mean, you know, th there are there are very few box office stars in the UK outside the heavyweights. Yeah. And it's a real time for people to move into that, into that groove, if you like. I mean, they're still trying to find the box office stars in America after Floyd Mayweather. They haven't really found one yet. You're right. So we're all at that stage. We're all looking for those, those, those people that will go on that journey who will draw the mainstream interest, if you like. And Chris has got it all, in my view. So, so has Savannah. Yeah. But it's like you say, it's that development of being out there and having the right matchups now and going into 2022, where hopefully crowds will be allowed all the time now, where 
that they build from arena to stadium. Yeah, agreed. And I think 11,000 is a great turnout as well for uh, for that card, especially considering that there was a lot of talk about Lewis Ritson being on the card and then obviously it was pulled off the card. So I think, I think that's fantastic numbers. Uh, big upset um, in America. Mikey Garcia being defeated by Sandor Martin. I know Mikey's been out of the ring for a long time, but the hope was, I'm guessing, for Mikey to win that one and then potentially fight Regis Progre and then the winner potentially fight Josh Taylor. And here comes Sandor Martin, who, look, let's not be disrespectful, you know, has got a, a decent resume, but no one foresaw this. I mean, Mikey's a legit, legit great fighter. And he just yeah. looked flat, like really flat. Yeah, he'd been out for a long time, hadn't he? 20 yeah. months, um, you know, and, you know, he was looking for a bout with Regis Progre. This was a warm-up for that. And, you know, Sandor Martin, the Spaniard, had never fought, out, fought outside Europe, um, hadn't really fought at world level before. Mm. Um, um, you know, it, it was a stay-busy opponent. So um, it's one of the big upsets in recent memory, given, like you say, that Garcia is a formidable fighter, four-weight yeah. world champion, former four-world, four-division uh, world champion, and, you know, a 10-to-1 underdog. It was a shock, you know, 95, 95 on one of the cards and 97, 93 on two of the other cards. I think it was about right. You look at the punch stats. There wasn't a, weren't a lot of punches landed. Garcia landed 60 and Martin 75. That doesn't always tell the story of the fight. But, you know, Martin was clever. He boxed off the back foot and um, was able to, to, to time Garcia, who was very aggressive. And it, it was a straight left all night that, that, that did the work for him. You know, uh, it, and, and basically it wasn't, he got off to a fast start. He, he was very clever in the fight, but, you know, Garcia was rusty. Mm. Um, so that's why the upset came about. And this is what's happened. We've discussed this on the show in the past that during lockdown, during the COVID pandemic, a lot of formidable champions have lost because um, they've looked rusty. Um, Vasil Lomachenko against Teofimo Lopez. Lopez was brilliant that night and, and, and Vasil didn't wake up till the seventh round, really. Um, you know, Carl Frampton didn't look great against Jamel Herring. He yeah, hadn't been yeah. out that much. He'd been in some weird fights very, with behind closed doors, didn't have a crowd. So, Josh you know, it's a difficult Lara. one. Yeah, Warrington, Lara, exactly. All these fights. So, um, you know, look, Martin was incredibly respectful afterwards. As he said, he was a legend in the ring. He got up for it. It was his world title fight. The greatest moment of his career, he said. I, he said he was going to do it, and he did it, you know. Um, but the other thing is, you know, Garcia's maybe not a natural welterweight, you know. He's come up the weight divisions from lightweight. And, you know, um, San, Martin's a, is a strong welterweight, you know, at the peak of his physical powers. So, you know... Um, it, it's, it's, these things happen. It's sport. There are upsets. Yeah. Um, for Mikey, I mean, look, he's going to continue. Uh, I think they've come out and uh, Robert Garcia said he's going to continue as well. Do you have to have the rematch with Sandor Martin to almost right the wrong? Or do you, can you still sell now a pro-grade fight at 140, potentially? No, I don't think so. I think he does need to... Uh, the rematch is a good idea. Mm. Um, I think he should have it before the end of the year. And then... You know, he's pursuing, of course, he's pursuing Errol Spence. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's pursuing a lot of different fighters. I mean, you know, you look at, you look at where, um, you know, you look at where Regis is. He's number three with the WBC, four with the WBA. Um, you know, Josh Taylor obviously being the champion of the whole division right now. Uh, Regis is seven, I think, with the WBO. So, you know, it, it's a fight that he's... He, he can jump between the weights, Mikey, but he's got to be careful. I think super lightweight 
is his ideal weight, um, 140 pounds. That's where he's got to base himself. No, no way he should be at welterweight now, not as he gets older. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you know, Mikey Garcia as well might have been a challenger if he beat Regis Progre for Josh Taylor. Uh, at super lightweight, if, if Taylor comes through uh, Jack Catterall, the fellow Brit, the Lancastrian, uh, on December the 18th, which is an event and fight I'm very much looking forward to very far up north in Glasgow as well, you know? Yeah, it should be um, a good little, almost a, a, a good section of fights coming up in December. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Remember, it's in partnership with DAZONE, your boxing, your way, DAZONE, game change. Still to come, we'll be mapping out the next six months in the heavyweight division, and we'll hear from... Chris Eubank Jr. who won on the weekend but after the break we'll be hearing from Savannah Marshall after her December fight um, on the same bill as Clarissa Shields was announced Tingles all over my body. Same as that, bro. Same as that. <laughs> when you see something special like that unfold in front of your eyes, you obviously see the way the fans obviously reacted to Savannah Marshall. It does start to get you extremely excited about the possibilities. We know the superstar of the Clarissa Shields. My word, that is going to be some fight. Oh, I'm lost for words, honestly, Gareth. I can't believe it. Honestly, I can't believe people actually stay and watch. You're listening to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis with you. All right, let's take a look back at the fights over the weekend in partnership with DAZN. Big Fight Review on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Your boxing, your way. Download the DAZN app or visit DAZN.com. You know what I like most about that? That whole clip is the last 30 seconds where she's speaking to Gareth there and she says um, that she can't believe it. She's almost surprised that she's almost been elevated to this and that the fans the Newcastle fans the Geordies are there to see her and I love that humility and she should get used to it because she is a superstar now she's a world champion um and what I think you know I think they're really liking about her Gareth and maybe it's the one criticism some people have had about female boxing which by the way I think is wrong she gets the knockouts they want to see stoppages, don't they? That's what they've been asking for. Let's see the stoppages. And, you know, we don't get enough time in the female rounds to get the stoppages. She's getting the knockout. She's entertaining. She's now good on the mic as well, which helps. She's a star. She is. And I really do feel, um, you know, I wrote in my piece in the Telegraph on, on Monday. She stole the show. She was the main event. And I think that we, we felt a star was born. A star, Stars in boxing are born when... Not when they've just got great ability, but just when the public decides they're really yeah. going to support them. And you really felt that powerfully on, on Saturday night. And I really wanted to soak it up. I mean, you've got to remember, as I said in the first segment today, you know, this is a girl that walked into a gym, a little girl. She was a, Well, she was a very tall girl, 11 <laughs> years old, the only girl in the gym drawn to boxing, you know, came through this historic period where came into the Olympic Games in 2012 as the number one in the world at middleweight didn't fulfill our ambitions. I remember how disappointed she was. 
And then Caressa Shields stole the show at middleweight. You know, again, this woman with another extraordinary story. So the two narratives coming together and they, they've crisscrossed each other for nearly, nearly 10 years. And, you know, um, Clarissa is, has only took one big loss as an amateur and that was to Savannah Marshall. So you've got the whole storyline here. I mean, even when um, in 2016, where she lost controversially, this is Savannah in, in her second Olympics in Rio, um, she was signed, if people haven't forgotten this, she was signed by Floyd Mayweather. She went over to America. She made a debut on the, um, on the undercard. I think it was the undercard of um, um, Andre Ward mm. and um, Sergei Kovalev. I think it was there. Or it might have been Amir Khan and, uh, and, um, and Canelo. It might have been the first ever event at the T-Mobile Arena. But she was a big... Um, she took a big leap there where she, she was spotted by Floyd Mayweather. You know, from there, she's fighting at the White's Hotel in Bolton. Um, she's grown slowly. It's been a very regular process. She went through a dark period in 2016 where she didn't know if she wanted to stay in boxing. But I think the, 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 the tee up, the, 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 the joining with Peter Fury and Huey yeah. Fury and being around those guys has really brought it out in her and she's gone from clever from you know brawler if you like to clever boxer now as well with that power and she showed that Addy against Mizuya on Saturday night where she was under shock first of all because Mizuya just brought everything slightly smaller woman who's campaigned mainly at welterweight 16 and 0 eight knockouts herself and she really brought it and it brought the best out in Savannah I think her and Clarissa are going to have one of those kind of fights. It might be Hagler Hearns. There might be a trilogy. That's what I'm hoping between these two because they're very similar level. And like for women to find a dance partner at this stage, at this level, these two women are made for each other. I genuinely think this is one of the biggest super fights in women's boxing. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you there. All right, let's hear from the WBO middleweight champion, Savannah Marshall, who joined you guys immediately after her win on the weekend. I can't describe the feeling, it's like a euthoric feeling. They obviously came for a performance this evening. With yourself teaming up with Peter and the Furies, I want you to describe the developments that you believe, not only you've made as a professional, but also as a human being as well, because they seem to have had such an influence on you, of which you reveled in this evening. 100%. I, I can't... Do you know, Peter is... is, is his character, I can't describe what he's like, it's like nothing's an issue, you know, and everyone's beatable, he's got a game plan for everyone, he makes up, you know, um, profiles for everyone, things <laughs> like that, he studies people's body language, he, um, yeah, he's a, he's a real character. Savannah, Savannah, in, in, in your dream scenario, in your mind's eye, they've announced a fight with Caressa Shields and yourself in December, in your mind's eye, do you want to come more local to home for that? Because look at this tonight. I mean, it was unbelievable with 11,000. You can you can fill out a football stadium. Where in your mind? No, because because, I love it. because those are advantages that you can take over yeah. someone. She's prepared to come here. In your dream, where would you like to fight? I don't think I want to fight anywhere else now, apart from the northeast. 
Even when they were booing her, I think, and that, that's it, go on. Boo her more. Do you know what, what I'd like to say is, like, what a turnaround. You know, when we talk about when we come up many years ago, myself, Johnny and Adam, when we come up to the GB training place and we saw you and we saw that, you know, you, you had this thing where the pressure used to get to you in major championships. You'd win one championships, then you'd crash out in another one, etc., etc. And that was all down to the pressure of, you know, being the number one. How the, like, this, is, this is a massive turnaround for you now where you're actually saying, you know what, I want to fight in, in the North East. I want to deliver. And you're performing like... Four, is that what Peter five, installed in you? That, that, six, that, that, that seven, character building that he's done there, really, because it's like a massive change of character you are. Yeah, like I said, we're, nothing's an issue with Peter. Even when we're on the pads, he, you know, she comes at you doing this, you know you can do this. We're in the gym, five, six days a week and like I said hundreds around sparring where he's got people pressuring me you know sticking it on me and I'm having to you know move and defend and there's been but plenty of tears so it's, it's been a long work in progress you've got to go do your drugs test I'm afraid yeah, it was a wonderful oh. performance just finally we didn't get we didn't get to hear what Clarissa oh. said to you because she was on the screen and they put a headphone headset on you what did she say she went I'm giving up the gold title because it belongs to Savannah <laughs> That's the new Savannah Marshall. I think it's Absolutely. fair to say it's a great line. She wouldn't have said that a couple of years ago. No chance. Nope. No chance whatsoever. Um, good question you asked her about where this fight should take place, Gareth. I mean, has there been has it been spoken about, or is it sort of in rock that the fight's in America, or is it down to pounds and pence? I mean, will they be looking now, thinking, wait a minute, Savannah can get twelve, fifteen thousand in an arena in the UK. Clarissa maybe could do that. Does it come down to who's the biggest draw in which country? Yeah, I think it does. But I think at the moment that, you know, the, the, the fans really come out in the UK for big events. We've just yeah. seen 68,000 for Anthony Joshua. We saw, what was it, uh, 25,000 for Josh Warrington or 20,000 mm. uh, in the rematch with Mauricio Lara in, the, in Headingley Rugby League Stadium. Um, America's very aware, the broadcasters there and, and the promoters are very aware of um, the kind of love of an event that British fight fans have and, and, and people just like to go for an event. And I think, I think she should be really, as I was kind of pointing out there, she should really, Savannah, should be really campaigning hard mm. to have it here. Now, you know, it's not big enough yet to have it in the Newcastle uh, uh, football ground, no, you know, no. where they, well, they have huge ground, isn't yeah, it? 55,000. Yeah, exactly. There, it's not a 55,000 fight at the moment, but a lot of people have been unhappy or, when, when it was announced, because a lot of people thought that they were going to fight each other on December the 11th, Savannah and Clarissa. Um, but they're just going to be on the same card. And I do think it's a sensible thing to do because you want to build it. You want to potentially them being difficult fights and win a difficult fight on the same card, then get them in the ring together, interview them together, have, a, have them around each other for a week in fight week, generate the interest around that, and then have oh, it next year fantastic. when it's a bit warmer. You could, But you could do it in a... You know, from April onwards, you could do it in a in a in a twenty five thousand football stadium, in a thirty thousand football stadium up north, and it would be brilliant. You know, mm. um, I don't know the, the the arenas that there are. That you could do it in Manchester, for example, where there's twenty thousand. You could do it at the MEN anytime. Mm. Um, and I think people, the fans, it's not a big travel from from those far up in the northeast, is it? And you know, Manchester is always a big fight town. So, you know, I think the the build. Uh, for this, it, it could be a really, really big one. Um, and I do think it should be marketed as, as as the biggest women's fight out there, apart from perhaps 
Amanda Serrano against Katie Taylor or Holly Holm against Katie Taylor, those kind of fights. But this is a big fight between two women who are clearly elite and need each other and the championship of each other, just not the belts, to project women's boxing. I cannot wait for those two to meet, honestly. I can't even wait for the December the 11th event with, with both of them around each other for a week because Clarissa doesn't back down. Mm-hmm. And when Savannah's pushed, she goes for it. But like she was saying there, this elision, this, this link up with Peter Fury in the last year and a half has really brought, we know what the magic is around the Furies and boxing. You know, Tommy over fighting Jake Paul. I know we'll talk about that at some point. There's very interesting stuff on the contract, isn't there, which would be nice to talk about at some point today. And, um, you know, what Tyson's doing, you know, the, the whole the whole gravy train around the Furies is big at the moment. John Fury, a big character. Peter is second to none as a trainer, in my view. Mm. And we must never forget, he was the trainer that led... Tyson Fury to beat Vladimir Klitschko those six years ago in Dusseldorf. Yeah, I almost feel like sometimes that is forgotten, but you're right about um, it being one of the biggest fights. I think it could be one of the biggest fights out there, regardless, male or female, Clarissa Shields, because she sells it. She really does. And Savannah obviously has that win over her, and that really irks her as well. So if it does happen uh, sometime in 2022, it's going to be a a big one, stadium or arena. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2, and that was a look back at the big fights last weekend. Thanks to The Zone, your boxing, your way, the zone game change. Next, we're going to hear from Christy Bain Jr., who's targeting a world title in 2022. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. And now, introducing Chris Eubank Jr. 
An emotional night for Chris Eubank Jr. in his first fight since the passing of his brother Seb. There's Eubank now just opening up on the on the ropes and for the first time Abjian covering up this better work now from Eubank. There is a more weary look now about Vanek Abdian as we tick up towards halfway as he marches back towards the corner. I think he may pull out of this one, Andy. He was under severe pressure there. The referee has also taken a close look at him. I'm just looking at him now, looking up at him in the corner. And he waves it off. He waves it off as we suspected. My brother Sebastian passed a few months ago. This fight's dedicated to him. Listen, it feels great to be back in the ring in front of a crowd. Um, a bit of an anti-climax. I felt like I was just kind of getting into the swing of things. It is what it is. On to the next one. Yeah, on to the next one indeed. The next one should be, um, and probably will be, Liam Williams, uh, December 11th. It's funny because I remember seeing um, Chris sit down with, I think it might have been Trish Dixon a year ago, and Chris was asked about a Liam Williams fight, and he was like, who? <laughs> and now, obviously, um, a lot's happened in a year, uh, and now it makes sense. And it does make sense for Chris Eubank Jr. If he wins that one, then... You know, potentially there are really, really good fights for him out there, 160 pounds. Um, Gareth, I, I want to ask you about um, the link-up with Roy Jones Jr. This is their second fight together now. Um, they had the Marcus Morrison fight uh, a few months back, now this one. Um, I always think it takes maybe three or four camps to get in sync with the fighter and trainer. What have you made of the partnership so far? Have, have you seen any big differences, any big changes from Eubank Jr. in his style of boxing? Yeah, we have. and we, we, we he. Chris is less, takes his time more now and it's less kind of like tenacious in some of the ways that he fights. But we know that tenacity, that tenacity is there, Addy. Mm. I think, you know, we, Roy Jones Jr. is a genius at boxing. Let's not, let's be clear about that. You know, his father <laughs> yeah. was involved in the sport as well. He was one of the greatest we've ever seen. You know, you, people can make an argument for putting him in the top 20, the greatest boxers ever. This is a guy that went from middleweight to heavyweight with world titles, remember? I'm mean, like an extraordinary character. I'm lucky enough to spend time around Roy and I know him and I've met him many times. He's a very sage man. He's a very kind of calm and collected individual. And you know, serendipity is an amazing thing because Chris Eubank Jr. happened to be in Vegas and bumped into Roy Jones Jr. who was at an event. Um, just at the beginning of lockdown. And they got on really well. And Roy invited him to come to Pensacola, Florida. And he went there and, you know, he spent 18 months with him. So he's learned about the sport. He's, he's learned lots of things he needed to do and leave the shadow of his father, which he has done now. Because he was a great, you know, he's such a strong personality senior that it's been good for Chris. And he's had these terrible things happen to him this year. Mm. Say so he fought Marcus Morrison in May and he looked a little bit caught between styles that yeah, night. Yeah. He was caught a bit too much by Morrison. I was there live that night on the undercard of Joseph Parker and Derek Chisora, who go at it again, of course, on December the 18th. And, you know, he's just, he's molding the style for himself. He's looking at his jab more. And he was very patient on Saturday night till he started hunting around the fourth and fifth rounds. And, uh, you know, his opponent couldn't take it when he took the big body shot from him. So, you know, he, it was, I thought it was a very kind of decisive move. And he, and, and he put, he put Wanikawajan away. I mean, he didn't want to come out after um, the fifth round. He, he hurt him with a massive left to the body. And, and you could see he'd broken his ribs or hit him very solidly to the organs. And he didn't want to come out. And I think people are going to criticize Chris Eubank Jr. and always compare him with his father. And I think, this is the journey now, a second phase of his career. 
where he is going to be matched against, he needs to be matched, by the way, against better opponents. You look at the, the world rankings, and the good thing is about Liam Williams, if it is the Liam Williams that he fights, you know, he's seven with the WBO, six with the WBC and the WBA. He's still up there in the world rankings. We, he's a very strong fighter. I still favour Eubank in that fight, but yep. he'll put pressure on him. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a great matchup it's, it's, it, of those two, Roy Jones Jr. and Chris Eubank Jr. They get on so well as well. I've seen them together. There's deep, deep respect there. And I think that's what Chris needed because, you know, there he is. He's, he's, he's three with the WBC. He's chasing Jamal Charlo. He's chasing the fight with, with Gennady Golovkin. That's a fight he really wants. Um, I think he matches up well against Demetrius Andrade and Ryoto Murata, for whom he's the number one challenger with the WBA. So there's loads of stuff set up for him. I think 2022 is going to be a really big year for him. Yeah, agreed. And it all, fingers crossed, starts with that fight against Liam Williams, which I think is a really fan-friendly fight. I think it's going to be fantastic. Again, Savannah Marshall on the card, Carissa Shields on the card. Looks like Boxer and Sky are really starting to uh, get things warm. I really think it's going to be yeah. a great card. It really is. All right, let's hear from the man himself now, Chris Eubank Jr. Gareth, you spoke with him after the fight on Saturday. Chris, talk to us about tonight, first of all, and how it feels. Hey, listen, it feels great to be back in the ring in front of a crowd. Um, a bit of an anti-climax. I felt like I was just kind of getting into the swing of things, working the guy out. He came out of Southpaw, which was very unexpected. I've never, I, I, I didn't know he was a Southpaw. I don't think he is. I think he just came out of Southpaw to try and mess my head up. Um, the body shots were working. He came over to me at the end of the fight and said he popped a rib, yeah. so he had to quit. Um, you know, it is what it is. On to the next one. It's disappointing for you and I think the crowd, because as Roy will know, Newcastle's a fight town and you know, they, they adopt people. They will have adopted you tonight. You just wanted that kind of emphatic stand over your opponent moment tonight, didn't you? Yeah, I was I was setting them up. You know, I was I was taking my time, figuring them out and setting up those traps. And, you know, I was going to land a big show. It was coming. But, you know, he got out of there just in the nick of time. You know, what can you do? And the great man whose name is on your shorts tonight, can we have a word for him, please? Absolutely, um, yes. My brother Sebastian passed a few months ago. This fight's dedicated to him. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been rough, but, you know, I think boxing is, is what's kept my mind, you know, straight. Stop me from going crazy, because, you know, when it, when it happened, that's what I felt like I was going crazy. Boxing gave me that focus to be able to come back and, and, you know, and put all my energy into something positive. So, yeah, we're here. Myself, Adam, Spencer and Andy all watched you at the beginning of that walk tonight and he was the man on your mind, wasn't he? Absolutely. This was all for him. We love you very much. We're on the journey with you. Can I just have one word with Roy? Marks out of 10, Mr. Roy Jones Jr., please. What now? Marks out of 10 for Chris tonight. I got a 7 tonight. I really got an 8 because he did everything he was supposed to do. Uh, I thought he got an 8 for sure because the opponent didn't give him what he wanted. I'm taking 8. I'm yeah. taking 8. I got an 8 because it's improvement. And what I really wanted, and it happened just to happen late, was a one-punch knockout. That one shot to the body is really what did it. I saw it. I knew it. When he came over, I think you broke my rib. So your coach called a shot, and I think you, you did it. And I think you broke my rib. That's what I was looking for, one dramatic knockout shot. And I think we got that. He just didn't show it. He probably let him go down in. But I saw the shot, so I got what I wanted. So it's eight because of the opponent. The opponent was right with a bit ten. I love Roy Jones Jr. I really do. Uh, one of my favorite fighters, honestly, one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. And uh, you're right, Gareth. You can tell that Chris has so much respect for him. He was going to be literally the only trainer that could work with Chris Eubank Jr. Because we know Chris has got an ego, and I feel like Roy almost sucks that ego out of him a little bit. 
Absolutely right, Eddie. The, the thing is, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie Davis, who's in his 70s, held Chris Eubank Jr. as a baby and trained his father. Mm-hmm. He's like a member of the family. And I think there wasn't the respect in terms of boundaries, if you like. Yes. He's got boundaries with Roy. And that those boundaries are really important, you know. And Chris Eubank Sr. really loves Roy Jones Jr. as well, really respects him. They know he has a deep knowledge in the sport. You heard him there. He's, he's like, you know, those two playing around. And genuinely, I've never seen Chris as emotionally was as he was on um, on Saturday night. There were genuinely, there were a lot of water in his eyes as he walked out. And there's no doubt he was thinking about his brother, Sebastian, who passed in June, as he mentioned there. You know, it's a, it's a horrible thing to have to happen to a boxer, to anyone anyway, but... He, he sucked it up and, he, and as he said, boxing's kept him on track and that's why it's such a wonderful sport and so wonderful that when people can have a focus and, and, and have a focus towards an aim, which is he wants to be world champion for his brother now. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I say, as I said to him then, we do love him and you've got to give people love in these moments and we're going to be on the journey with him. Yeah, we certainly are. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Remember, it's in partnership with DAZN, your boxing, your way, DAZN game change. Next, we're going to turn our attention to the heavyweight division. How will it take shape following two epic fights? Uppercut comes in now from Fury. Another right cross. Again, Wilder just takes it. What a chin this man has got. Uppercut from Fury, followed by the left hand. And another right. Down goes Wilder. And the referee has waved the fight over. Tyson Fury is still the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. And we have just witnessed the third fight of what will go down in boxing history as one of the all-time classic trilogies. The Gypsy King still reigns supreme in the Nevada desert. I mean, Tyson Fury is a modern-day great. He is the best of his generation. He's done everything that's been asked of him. He's done something that no other boxer's done. All three scores go to the winner by unanimous decision. And new Uh, you know, he's a guy that takes tough fights. And, you know, sometimes he will get knocked out himself and be hurt and stuff, but he usually wins. Uh, he gets a lot of credit for taking tough fights. And I think that's, that's a good thing. Boxing needs uh, good fighters fighting each other. Yeah, it's been um, a great few weeks, hasn't it, for the heavyweight uh, boxing scene. Look, the heavyweights run boxing. If the heavyweight division's good, all of boxing is good as far as I'm concerned. And it's been an electric couple of weeks. Tyson Fury in that fight against Deontay Wilder. Alexander Usyk upsetting Anthony Joshua. Let's not forget as well, we saw the fight between F.A. Jagba and Frank Sanchez. Hellenius looked amazing, I think. No one's speaking about Hellenius and that win over Kalnaki, Tony Yoka in France beat Petra Milas. There's been so much. We've got Otto Volin versus Dillian White. Honestly, incredible couple of weeks when it comes to the heavyweight division. Everyone's now rewriting their top five and top ten in the division. Uh, Gareth, um, it's been a really good couple of weeks, hasn't it, for the heavyweight division. Um, when we look at it now, have your top five must have changed as well, right? Your, your top ten? Yeah, in a way. I mean, look, I mean, I think 
Tyson Fury, got to say at the moment, is head and shoulders above the rest. I mean, I, I agree with Frank Warren there in his comments that he, he's a very special fighter and he's a modern day great. There's no mm. doubt about it. He's won all the belts. We mm. know that he's only defended the title once. He's only been in four world title fights, but he's proven that he's got guts, heart, stamina, physique, um, power. He's been in three times against Deontay Wilder, who's the most dangerous single-punching heavyweight out there. We heard the voice of Otto Wall in there yeah. um, in the package talking about how dangerous Dillian White is. He always brings it. I've just been out in Portugal, by the way, last week uh, for DAZN, doing the off-the-cuff interview, that series that I do for them, um, the deep, the narrow and deep interview with Dillian's life. It's coming out later this week. It's an extraordinary interview, Addy, <clears throat> where, where, where Dillian, I've never seen him emotional, but he talked about his mother and father. It's an amazing story of survival, Dillian. He looks fantastic. When his legs look big, as I always say to him, um, the, the, he looks fantastic. He's out there with, with Simon, his strength and conditioning coach, who looks after him and magic. And he's doing really well out in Portugal. Um, I'm really looking forward to that fight at the end of the month. It's creeping up on us now. It's only, yeah. it's only 11 days away. Really looking forward to it because the winner of that rightly does have the chance to challenge uh, Tyson Fury. I mean, at the moment, I think it, if you look at the, from my list at heavyweight, is Fury head and shoulders above mm -hmm. the rest at one. Um, does Dillian White beat Alexander Usyk? Wow, that's a great fight. Really great mm -hmm. fight. Um, I would say because Usyk holds the three belts, he's at two right now. I still think Wilder and White are, are equal, but that's another amazing fight. Anthony Joshua's got a lot of work to do in that rematch with Alexander Usyk whenever that's announced. But, you know, you, you put all those guys in the mix. I'd still love to see Wilder against White, Wilder against Joshua, Wilder against Usyk, Usyk against White, mm. Usyk in the rematch against Joshua, Usyk against uh, Fury. I mean, which is probably, that's probably the least interesting of those all those fights in terms of, as you just mentioned, there's heavyweight boxing and there's boxing. You know, and heavyweights are about knockouts, they're about big fights and they're about, about um, the tenacity of those guys. I mentioned tenaciousness a lot today, but um, that's what we saw in that contest in Las Vegas last uh, the weekend before last, which was two guys who really wanted to prove something, both down, both getting up, both really wanting to go out on their shields. And, and Tyson Fury is such, such a smart boxer. He's so present. And I, I still haven't watched that fight back and I'm going to do it. Tonight. Really? Oh, so I had a chance. Listen, I've been on the road from, <laughs> I've been on the road for nearly three and a half weeks, and yeah. it's been an amazing time. And forgotten what 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 great depths that these people go to inside themselves. Um, but I think of all of those things that stand out, the winner of Wallin and because even if Wallin beats uh, beats uh, um, beats White, and I think White wins that fight late, I think he'll. He'll be too aggressive and too strong in the end for Wallin. But he's, you know, he's a southpaw. He's tricky. He's ambitious. He's a lot better than people thought he was. We saw that against Tyson Fury with that terrible cut, and and the fact he went he went the rounds with him. Um, the winner of that for me faces faces Tyson Fury. It should happen. Mm. Um, maybe that's a homecoming fight as well. Um, but I still think all those big fights are on, and fingers crossed. If Joshua can do a number on Usyk in the second fight and make the adjustments, we've still got massive fights lined up for the next two or three years. Yeah, we certainly do. Uh, final point, you mentioned Joshua there. We know he's in America right now. 
Uh, yeah. You know what the internet's like. I think th- th- there's a picture of him in Eddie Reynoso's gym. Obviously, that's the gym with Canelo and Frank Sanchez, Ruiz, etc., etc. Uh, there has been a lot about, you know, maybe talk about Joshua splitting from Rob McCracken. Um, what do you make of it? And what do you think he should do? Well, I think it probably is time for a change. I mean, he—it he, was a very flat performance, as yeah. we've discussed before. It—it it, it wasn't the Anthony Joshua, the destroyer that we want to see. And I think you know the Renosos really celebrate aggressiveness and patience and aggressiveness. And I think it might work for him. It's not by chance that he's been pictured there. Mm. Um, he's obviously going around talking to people. Maybe it is time for a change. There wasn't enough advice from the corner on the night. Um, maybe there's too many people keep saying, and they say this about people sometimes, too many voices in the corner. Maybe a new voice is good for him. He can still get advice from people like Rob McCracken, who's a real sage when it comes to boxing. But yeah, I think it's a good move. And by the way, you mentioned French Sanchez there. I was very impressed with him against Zafia Jegba. I thought he was very composed. I thought he was very balanced. He he kind of exposed the Jegba as being quite one-dimensional and very young in his heavyweight career. Ajegba is always going to be dangerous. He's got massive hands, but Sanchez with that beautiful Cuban movement. I think he's going to, he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world, Sanchez, mm. but he was really smart in that fight. Two guys with unbeaten records, um, both really coming up um, in the division. You know, they're, I, I, I'm not sure if they're highly ranked yet in the, in the division. I'm just having a look now as we speak, you know. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's there's so much great stuff to come and, and it's brilliant that we're on the move again and the heavies are back in business. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.